The Productive Woman, Episode 463. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, we're talking about productivity slumps and what we can do to avoid them. You'll find more information and links to some helpful resources in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 463. So I read an article published recently on Forbes.com about the fact that workplace productivity plummets, according to this article, on Mondays. I found this article really interesting, and it got me started looking into the research on what the article referred to as productivity slumps, periods of low productivity. One article I read on LinkedIn described a productivity slump as a time when we spend more time thinking of what we need to do but not doing it than the time it would actually take to do it. Another article described it as a time when, to quote the article, you can feel a lack of creativity, physically tired, mentally distracted, or emotionally undervalued. Essentially, the article says, it's just a severe lack of motivation. You're probably in a slump if you've noticed your productivity and ambition decline. And I think all of us have been there at various times. And it can happen, you know, during during the week or for longer periods of time. Interestingly, a lot of the materials I came across as I was researching this topic had to do with business productivity on a more global sense. One article published on the Inc.com website describes statistics regarding United States worker output, noting that recent years have shown a huge drop in U.S. worker productivity, what they said was the biggest slump since 1947. So I think that's interesting that worker productivity as a whole, at least in the United States, has shown a significant drop. But what I wanted to talk about in this episode is our individual productivity and when we experience slumps. According to the Forbes article, as I said, Mondays and late afternoons are the worst days for stress, productivity, and motivation. A poll cited in the article found that 35% of the respondents said they're most productive on Tuesdays and 39% say Wednesdays. Furthermore, the poll results found that between 9 and 11 a.m. are the most productive hours and between 3 and 5 p.m. are the least productive. Now, that's what this article says, this study found. Productivity slumps can occur at certain times of the day or on certain days of the week, as this study found, or they can be longer stretches of lower productivity. Either way, avoiding productivity slumps is, I think, crucial for maintaining consistent performance and achieving long-term goals, whether personal or professional. And so I wanted to look into some strategies to avoid or overcome these downturns, these productivity slumps. And so the first step, I think, is to identify the cause, to look at why are you feeling this slump in your productivity? Is it physiological? 
Is it due to physical exhaustion or hormonal imbalance, hunger or dehydration or illness? Are you recovering from childbirth or surgery? Do you need to get a checkup with your doctor? Is it something physical that is interfering with your ability to be productive? Or is it emotional? Are you in the midst of or just coming out of a difficult time dealing with grief or worry, fear, or other strong emotions? Are you distracted by something or many somethings that are just occupying your mind? Is it burnout? Are you experiencing work overload or have you just finished an extremely busy period professionally or personally? I know that in my legal career as a transactional real estate lawyer, I often hit a little bit of a slump after a big deal has closed. Uh, The times leading up to a closing are frantic and lots of things going on, lots of calls, lots of meetings, lots of emails, lots of documents going back and forth, and long hours sometimes when it's a, a particularly difficult deal. And I can be very productive and get all that done, but there's often a little bit of a crash after that when things slow down a little bit. So maybe that's part of it. Uh, Is it overwhelm? Either you have too much to do or you're suffering from an imposter syndrome, uh, a lack of confidence regarding your ability to do the things you need and want to do. It might be loneliness, according to several articles that I looked at especially those of us who work remotely, including moms at home with young children, can experience a sense of isolation and loneliness that can lead to a productivity slump. Whatever the cause is, identifying it, figuring out what is it that's led me to feel this way, to experience this slump, can help us then figure out a solution. So first we identify the cause. Second step, I think, is to address any physiological issues. Taking care of our bodies is key to being productive in the long term, and we often don't do it, right? And so all the things we've talked about before, all the things we all know that we should do, uh, move our bodies regularly because physical activity can boost mood, energy, and cognitive function. Even a short walk can make a difference in our motivation and our our productivity. Eating more healthily. A balanced diet with proper nutrients can provide the energy we need to stay focused and productive. And many times if we are experiencing a slump, you know, on a particular part of the day, it's maybe because we haven't eaten well, we haven't fueled our body well. And last week's guest, nutritionist and coach Angela Sharina, recommended that we include protein and complex carbohydrates in our breakfast to fuel our brain in such a way that will promote productive focus. So that's one example. Um, Staying hydrated. We need to drink plenty of water throughout the day. Dehydration can lead to fatigue and decreased concentration that can lead right into a productivity slump, whether it's for a few hours or for days on end. In an Instagram post earlier this month, uh, Andrew Huberman, PhD, who's a neuroscience professor at Stanford and host of the Huberman Lab podcast, has said that if we regularly experience an afternoon energy crash, a slump in our productivity in the afternoons, He says delaying caffeine consumption until 90 to 120 minutes after waking up can help offset that crash. 
So maybe not having our first cup of coffee first thing in the morning can make a difference. He does encourage us, though, to continue to hydrate well, so drinking plenty of water. Similarly, sleeping well, aiming for seven to nine hours of sleep a night. And I know, you, you know, if you've got young kids or, you know, other things in your life that make that difficult, you're laughing at me now. We struggle with that, don't we? Lack of sleep can lead to a productivity slump. Our bodies need it. Our minds need it. Quality sleep enhances memory, problem-solving skills, and overall productivity. In another recent Instagram post, Dr. Huberman, who I mentioned a minute ago, identifies sleep, its quality, its timing, and its duration as one of what he calls the core five non-negotiable pillars of mental and physical health. He notes that sleep is when neuroplasticity and learning occur and when we unload the emotional burden of challenging experiences. So getting enough sleep is crucial. And in addition to nighttime sleep, Dr. Huberman has said that, and I'm quoting here, for many, a thorough reset of afternoon mental and physical energy is best achieved by a 10 to 20 minute NSDR, which is non-sleep deep rest, rather than a nap or more caffeine, as it improves rather than degrades nighttime sleep, which equals the essential reset. So he calls sleep a, an important and essential reset physically, mentally, uh, emotionally, all of those things. But we can, rather than having more caffeine or taking a nap in the afternoon, he's recommending this, what he calls non-sleep deep rest. And it's something he talks about in his podcast. In addition to getting enough sleep and eating well and moving our bodies and hydrating, we need to take regular breaks. That's another way that we can address physiological issues uh, and psychological issues. Stepping away from our work periodically can refresh our mind and improve concentration. And the research is that short, frequent breaks are often more beneficial than longer, less frequent ones. Hence the, the value of the um, Pomodoro technique where you work focused for 25 minutes and then take a five-minute break and repeat those, those cycles as needed. Uh, the Forbes article that inspired this episode noted that, interestingly, most survey respondents noted that they can only sustain productivity for a limited number of consecutive hours. The article says Gen Z and millennials max out at just under five hours, Gen X at five hours and 22 minutes, and boomers can work the longest for about six hours consecutively. But again, taking breaks in the midst of that makes a difference. Uh, also, I found it interesting, there was an article published on Forbes.com during the early days of the COVID pandemic in which psychologist Kate Sullivan has recommended that if we're having trouble completing a task due to a slump, that we simply walk away in the middle of it. Dr. Sullivan was quoted in that article as saying, there's a psychological principle called the Zygarnik effect, which holds that anything we're doing that gets interrupted sticks in our minds. It bothers us until we actually get it done. By walking away in the middle of an unfinished task to do something else, she says, even if that's just to write some emails or make a pot of coffee, your brain will start itching to get back to that thing you stopped. So when we are 
experiencing a productivity slump and having trouble, you know, getting a, a task done, taking Dr. Sullivan's suggestion, we walk away in the middle of it and let that that uh, zygarnic effect help us drive our brain to want to go back and get it done. So we identify the cause of our slump. We address physiological issues. And I would also add to that last one that we have a physical exam. Make sure your body is healthy if needed and that there's not some physical cause for why you're having a hard time working. The next thing we can do is reduce the friction because when we are suffering or experiencing a productivity slump, it's hard to get started. It's hard to work. There is a resistance to getting things done. And anything we can do to reduce the friction that will reduce then that resistance will help us get out of the slump and get things done. So having routines established, because a consistent routine can provide a structure that makes it easier to start tasks and maintain momentum. So starting with a solid morning routine to kickstart your day. Uh, The Forbes article that I mentioned earlier encourages us to allocate our hours wisely, noting that generally mornings are better for analytical and focused work and afternoons are more optimal for creative work. But you'll want to determine what works best for you and align your tasks accordingly. So know yourself and try to structure your days accordingly. One writer asks us to consider things like, are you a night or morning person? Do you concentrate more with music bursting through your ears or in total silence? Find your productive zone, this writer says, and work on your most important tasks and you will eventually build your routine. And that will help reduce the friction of getting started and continuing on. Setting clear goals can help. Breaking larger tasks into smaller, more actionable steps makes them more manageable which thus makes it easier to overcome that resistance and get started. And it gives you a sense of accomplishment as you complete each one of those small tasks, which can provide the momentum we need to keep going. Another Forbes article reminds us to be realistic about what we take on each day, noting that having a couple of achievable daily goals is far better than facing an insurmountable to-do list and producing nothing of note. And that's good advice for all of us, especially if we are experiencing a productivity slump, that having small tasks that you can accomplish quickly and easily can help build that momentum. We need to prioritize our tasks when we're experiencing a slump. We, we need to do this all the time, right? But especially if we're in a productivity slump. As we've discussed before, using tools like the Eisenhower matrix or just a simple ABCD method to determine what's urgent and important and tackle those tasks first so we can focus our maybe impaired attention and and energy on the things that are most important. Certainly, starting small can help overcome that friction that can allow you to get going. One blogger named Amar Deep says that when he's in a slump, he'll do a simple task as sort of a warm-up to get himself started. So he gave an example uh, because he's a writer. Sometimes when he's in a slump and having a hard time getting himself to write, 
to get himself going, he'll take an online typing test. He says, the text is meaningless, but it gets my fingers flowing. It's like a game, so I never procrastinate on this. And this wins half the battle against my inertia. Uh, he notes that this approach works for what he, you know, any high brain power task, and he urges us to warm yourself up with no real pressure to get your momentum going. So finding a very simple task that's maybe somewhat related to the thing you need to do that can get you started and get you in the mode. Another article recommends that we start small by completing at least one project daily, which will give you the satisfaction to do more the next day. Completing small tasks fast gives you a mental boost to be more productive on the bigger tasks. Spreading yourself too thin can be overwhelming, and you may end up doing nothing. And I think that writer's exactly right. That's what we experience when we're in a productivity slump. Another thing we can do to overcome or reduce the friction that keeps us from making progress is to do what we can to minimize the distractions. So identify what commonly sidetracks you from work. What things do you turn to when you're procrastinating? And find ways to eliminate or reduce those distractions. This might include digital tools like website blockers or noise-canceling headphones. If you're distracted by worries or by uncompleted tasks that are rolling around in your brain, maybe taking 10 minutes to write all of that out and get them all out of your head and onto paper will be enough to sort of get you past that distraction. Staying organized can help us in reducing the friction that keeps us from working. A clean workspace and an organized task list can reduce the friction and make it easier to get into a productive mindset. Certainly avoid multitasking. We've talked about this a lot on this podcast. Contrary to popular belief, multitasking often actually increases friction and decreases productivity. So focusing on one task at a time and letting it have our full attention while we're working on it can help us to again, gain that momentum and start making progress. Establishing boundaries can also help reduce the friction that keeps us from making progress on our our goals and on our work, especially, uh, but not only, if you're working from home, set clear boundaries between work and personal time. This helps in avoiding burnout that can lead to a slump. And I would also say, be sure to plan for your personal time Activities that you can look forward to instead of, you know, just staring mindlessly at a TV screen, plan something that you enjoy. If you're an extrovert, uh, an event or a get together with friends, if you're an introvert, something, some work on a project, a personal project or a hobby that you find fulfilling. Having things planned and scheduled for our personal time can help us to stay focused on our work during our work time. Think of how often we get so much done in the days or hours leading up to our vacation. Suddenly we think, you know, looking forward to something that we're excited about can help just boost our energy to get the things done that have to get done before we can leave. Uh, The fourth thing we can do uh, to sort of deal with productivity slumps and get out of them is to manage our minds. And there are lots of things that fall into this category. Keeping ourselves motivated. We 
by keeping our why in mind, remembering why you're doing what you're doing can help maintain our motivation. We can periodically assess our productivity patterns, what's working, what's not. This kind of goes to where we started with what's causing the slump that we're experiencing. What could we change to help us? Does the way we're allocating our time conflict with our own circadian rhythms? Figure that out and adjust accordingly. Uh, We can stay motivated by dressing for the part. Several of the articles that I read recommended this, and I thought that was kind of interesting. One of the things I like about working from home is that I can dress however I want. For many years, I, you know, I went into an office every day, and in the first years of my career, we had to wear a suit. Men and women both, as lawyers, had to wear suits. And this was back in the olden days, for you young ones, when we had to wear pantyhose every day. So it, uh, you know, it was a different experience. And so I like being able to just dress however I want working from home. Sometimes, though, when I'm feeling less than motivated or less than focused and I am experiencing a slump, it can help if I basically dress as if I was going into the office. Now, I won't put a suit on because, you know, we don't have to do that anymore. But a little bit of business casual and, and uh, you know, a little bit of makeup, whatever it is, can make a difference when I come and sit at my desk to do my work. When, so whenever you find yourself in a productivity slump, consider whether a change in your demeanor and your appearance might help. And also several sources recommended cultivating mindfulness, something we've talked about a lot in the last months. A positive mindset can be a catalyst for productivity. And so cultivating mindfulness and being present in the moment can make a difference. Uh, experiencing what you're experiencing now instead of being distracted by, you know, things in the future or things in the past. Additionally, practices like meditation can help in maintaining focus and reducing stress, which can help us get out of a slump. Certainly a part of managing our mind is rethinking how we talk to ourselves. So instead of beating yourself up for what you're not doing when you're in a slump, give yourself some credit for what you have done and speak a little more kindly to yourself. Experiencing a slump, even an extended slump, is not a reflection of who you are as a person or your value as a human being. So speak kindly. One article I read encourages us to use affirmations, positive phrases that we actually speak out loud to ourselves every day. Some of this writer's suggestions for affirmations to try are I am productive and consistent with my work efforts. I will achieve all that I need to, and I know my limits. Or I am capable of focus. Coming up with affirmations that point you in the right direction, that speak to yourself positively, can help you in in getting out of a slump when you're in it. Several sources also recommended that we invest in continuous learning. Because new knowledge and new skills can invigorate our approach to tasks and projects. So whether we're talking about our professional life or our personal life or even home maintenance or whatever it might be, coming up with new knowledge and new skills can help get us excited about it again. Now, this 
idea of investing in continuous learning also could kind of fit under the reduced friction category as well as the managing your mind context. Because sometimes a productivity slump can result from a lack of confidence in our ability to do the things we need to do. Improving our skills or gaining missing knowledge can help us overcome that. And another element of this investment in continuous learning might be seeking feedback on your approach or your performance in general. Others might see things you don't. So whether you're talking about your professional life or your personal life or the things you're doing uh, on the side, constructive feedback can provide insights into areas of improvement that will help get you over the hump and out of the slump. Another thing we can do in uh, both in managing our mind and also in uh, reducing the friction is to gamify what we're doing. Look for the fun in whatever tasks we need to do. Here, again, techniques like the Pomodoro technique, which I mentioned earlier, or time blocking can help us to kind of make a, make a game sort of out of it and help us maintain focus and prevent burnout. Consider setting a challenging but achievable deadline for yourself or set a timer and race against yourself or against an accountability partner. Doing something like that can help sometimes to spark a little more enthusiasm and get you uh, more interested and more productive. Establishing milestones and then small rewards for reaching them also can serve as motivation to push through challenging times. And the last recommendation, I guess, under managing our mind is to stay connected. We are, as Brene Brown has said, wired for connection. Even those of us who are introverts need human connection. And loneliness can sap motivation and drive us into a slump. So regularly connecting with colleagues, friends, or family, even if it's virtually because you work at home or you're home with small children, Finding ways to connect with other people that are important to you can boost morale, help us to overcome the slump and become more productive. I guess the last thing I would say in all of this is that we need to extend a little grace to ourselves, right? Remember that everybody has off days. All of us have more productive and less productive hours and days and and periods of our life. Rather than being overly critical of yourself during productivity slumps, seek to understand the root cause, make adjustments as needed, and be kind to yourself. Being flexible and adaptable is a key to long-term productivity and success, and we can all do that. So those are my thoughts on the idea of productivity slumps and what we can do to avoid them or get out of them. I'd love to know what you think. When you experience a productivity slump, what helps you get yourself out of it and back on track and accomplishing the things that are important to you? I would love it if you'd share your thoughts on that. You can do that in the comment section of the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 463. And that's also where you will find links to all of the articles that I mentioned in the course of this episode and some other resources that I found that were helpful. You can also post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page, or if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, 
that's a place where we can continue this conversation. Of course, if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, I'd love to hear from you. You're welcome to email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. Before we go, I guess I would ask you to, if you're finding that this podcast is helpful, if you like this episode or others that you've heard, and you get some benefit from this podcast, help me spread the word and and build the community. Tell a friend. You can even share an episode with someone who you think might be interested in it. There are social sharing buttons in the show notes at the top of the show notes for every episode. You can also consider leaving a review in Apple Podcasts and uh, letting me get your feedback that way. I want to thank Uh, those who've left reviews recently, even a couple who mentioned uh, that they don't particularly appreciate the sponsor ads. So they kind of gave a, not a great review of the, or not a great rating to the podcast because of the sponsor ads. And I get that. I really do sincerely appreciate the feedback and I totally understand your perspective on the ads. As those of you who listen regularly know, Not every episode is sponsored. This one is not sponsored, for instance. I accept only a very limited number of sponsorships and only from companies whose products or services I personally use and can wholeheartedly recommend. In addition to giving me the opportunity to share with you those products or services that I think could add value to your life, the sponsorships, frankly, allow me to continue to provide this podcast content to you for free. I produced this podcast as a labor of love. I did not start it and I don't continue it as a business, as a way of making money. I do it because it's important to me and that I hope to be able to provide you with information and encouragement that will help you make your life better. But honestly, producing a podcast does cost money. Uh, The equipment that we need to record it, uh, the costs of the website and the media hosting, and other expenses that go along with putting a podcast out there. So I'm very grateful for those companies that reach out to me to partner with me in that way. All that being said, I want to say thank you again to all those who take the time to send feedback of any kind, whether positive or negative, um, whether glowing or critical. I appreciate hearing from you, whether it's through reviews or via email. I really do appreciate it. I want to say a special thank you today to some people who've left reviews lately. Uh, Annie Tags from the United States said uh, this is one of her favorite podcasts. She says, I am a productivity, intentional living podcast junkie, and Laura is one of my favorites. Um, I am the same kind of junkie. <laughs> she says, her voice is calming and soothing, but at the same time is very motivating. Her episodes are well thought out and packed with helpful suggestions, action steps, and most importantly, examples of concepts in action. I don't know how this woman manages to pull off a high-quality show like this and at the same time run a law practice and spend quality time with her family. But she does it all, and I am all ears. Well, thank you, Annie. I don't actually do it all. I think I talked about that in a recent episode, the difference between trying to do it all and figuring out what's important and getting all that done. But I really appreciate your kind words. 
So Smita H. from the United States said, I've been listening to your podcast for the past couple of years during my long commute to work, and it has been very helpful for me to stay productive. A big thank you to you. And I would say thank you to you as well. I I appreciate that feedback. I have experienced that myself when I used to have a long commute. Podcasts kept me company and kept me motivated. So thank you for sharing that, Susmita. And then also a final thank you to Jennifer from Australia, who says, Laura, thank you for creating this wonderful podcast. It's comforting to listen to when feeling overwhelmed yet still provides clear directives and ideas on a way forward in a detailed and comprehensive manner. I very much enjoy listening to your podcast and have been a listener of many years. I think this was actually the very first podcast that I ever listened to. Congratulations on such a wonderful, productive podcast. I look forward to listening for hopefully years to come. Thank you so much, Jennifer. I'm honored that you listen from all the way in Australia and uh, appreciate your encouraging words. So thank you all for listening. That's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. I am grateful to you for spending this time with me. Whether you take the time to send feedback or not, it means a lot to me that you're here, that you listen. I hope that you found something in this episode that is helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember... Extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. Mm -hmm.